marriage, which means I need to find a woman and fall in love and make her love me so we can have a family. Mm-hmm. And then the pressure of like continuing your legacy. Your parents are like, well, we need to have a boy, which that right. goes even further back to like old kingdom type times. You know, right. if you don't have a son, who's going to take over? A female can't be king. Yeah. So I feel like this program has been ingrained for like centuries upon centuries. And a lot of the men that I work with, they're still stuck in that mindset of being like, I need to be tough. And then I always ask, like, who are you being tough for? And it's like, you're being tough for someone that technically doesn't exist right now. Mm. Like, well, if I need, if I'm going to find a partner, I need to be strong enough. And I said, cool. So, and when it comes to like muscles, physical strength, I said, cool. I said, what happens if someone hits you with a car? And they go, what do you mean? I was like, where does all that, that strength go? I said, what if you get, like pushed over by someone that's big, like the strength goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice to be strength, strong, but be strong for yourself. Welcome to Dads and Deadlifts podcast with me, your host, Rish. This podcast is to raise awareness around the social stigma of the word man up. Research has shown men are less likely to seek help for trauma, abuse, neglect, addictions, and mental illness because they will be perceived as weak. Research had directly or indirectly linked these problems to the social and cultural perceptions of the word man up. It's time to start a conversation and redefine this word man up. Each week, you will be hearing from men and women all around the world who survived emotional abuse, physical abuse, domestic violence, and addictions, and how they came out on the other side with triumph to begin a new chapter. You will also hear from experts and coaches all around the globe on matters like brain health, psychology of men and women, holistic healing, fitness, and last but not least, what it takes to be a man, overcoming the social stigma and expectations, and tap into your individual unique authenticity and vulnerability. Thank you for joining me in this mission to serve men around the world and letting them know they are not alone in this. And welcome to another episode of my podcast. Today we have a special guest, Kadara, and he is a life coach. And I want you guys to listen to his story and what he had been doing in his space and how he's helping men and women uh, to turn your life around and uh, grow and be your authentic, vulnerable self. So without further ado, let's welcome Kadara. What's going on, brother? It's great to be on your podcast. Yes, yes. No, thank you. Thank you for uh, for uh, coming in and uh, spending spending some time with me. For sure. So, and I know, like, we just kind of started talking right before I started recording. So mm-hmm. let's let's start with the name. I love it. I, I wanted to. I, I'm just kind of awesome. very intrigued. Yeah, I'd say that's like probably the question I get the most because they're like, "Is that your real name?" <laughs> uh, so I, I grew up around like Taoist monks and like Japanese mystics in Asia when I was younger Mm. and everything in that lifestyle is about experience like you Mm. have to experience stuff to truly understand it where you get your wisdom from and as I like came to like a closing to this trip I took through like Egypt through India through China and stuff when I got to India one of the names and the people that I was talking to was like well what is your name like what name do you choose to flow with 
Mm. And uh, I had seen this name Kadir, and I saw this name Saura. And Kadir means like divine, uh, heavenly celestial moon. Mm-hmm. And Saura means the same thing, divine, heavenly celestial, like moon beauty. And I combined the two names together, and that's where I got the name Kadaura from. And then Celestial, my last name, Celestial is a play on the word Celestial. Mm-hmm. But like in Hebrew, the E-L in the beginning is mm-hmm. like God. And the A-L at the end is like goddess. So my first and last name literally mean like divine. It's like the merging of the divine masculine and the divine feminine is one. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's that's amazing that the amount of and then, and you really embraced it because I'm pretty sure that's your name now. Like you, you don't go by with it. Is. Your, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most people have no clue what my real name is. And it's yeah. just, even my friends, my friends that I've known for like years, they, they call me Kadawa too. They just, yeah. And how long ago was it? About three years ago, I think. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then of course now uh, tell a little bit about yourself. Like I know you're a life coach and that's why we kind of connected. Um, so what's your story? I mean, like, tell, uh, just kind of walk us through, like, what do you do? And then we kind of go back to your, your beginnings. Got you. so. so, so now I work as a multidimensional breakthrough coach. Okay. The reason why I chose this niche is I feel like a lot of people have forgotten that your personal life, your spiritual path and your business ventures are all connected. And what happens is a lot of people are struggling on something in their personal life they don't realize it's hurting your business. Like boundaries mm-hmm. is the main thing that comes up. Yeah. If you have trouble telling your partner or someone else no, you're probably having that same problem in your business, telling people no. Same in your spiritual life. If you have problems saying no in your personal business life, you're unable to say no to people spiritually. So it's getting people to realize like you got to work on these things. You got to lean into these fears. And once you're able to do it in one aspect of your life, it's so much easier in the other aspects because you know like this is who I am and this is what I want to do. Mm. So when did you, uh, like, what made you decide that you want to be a multidimensional coach? Uh, or what, was there a uh, certain things that you felt very uh, par- powerfully and then decided to Definitely. I, I started in the Kaboom coaching program uh, two months ago. And I was, I was told, like, the to niche down, choose who you want to focus on. Mm. And, and in doing so, I realized most of the people that I had been working with doing, like, guided meditations, it was all people that were struggling with those three different aspects so Mm. i was like okay they're all connected so it's multi-dimensional but in being able to incorporate like western mindset with like the ancient eastern type teachings that i've learned that also makes it multi-dimensional because those are just different spiritual beliefs from all these different places in the world i went to over 140 countries just to learn about their beliefs like i wanted to know why people believe the things that they believe and then mm. trying to translate that in a way that modern day people would understand. Wow. So tell me about like who Kadara is, like where, where are you born? Like, I know you already told me gotcha. 140 countries, you were in Japan, you were in India. Like, yeah. so I am originally from California. I was born in Southern California. California. Okay. And then we, my family moved to Japan when I was 11 or a little mm-hmm. bit before 11 stayed there for a couple years and then I joined the military shortly afterwards so the military is kind of when I got to like see the world because mm. of the teams and the training that I had we just traveled all over the world so much and I was like yes it's basically free traveling take advantage of it so right yeah. so that's that's how you, that's how you kind of got started right and, that's what yeah uh, that's what started the traveling after that I had the travel bug 
and was just taking vacations whenever I could uh, to go just the other parts of the world for a week or a four day weekend or something like that. So when you, when you say you were in Japan, you were in India. So was this part of your like uh, travel days with army or military or is it just basically uh, those, are pers- those are my personal, personal I went those on my own. Those are like my personal ones. Uh, I had to go back to just, because I feel like you, I, you learn so much stuff at one point in your life and we're always trying to solve it all right away. But sometimes you just have to let it sit and just mm-hmm. keep living in the moment. So there are lessons that I learned when I was like 12 or 13 years old that I didn't get until a few years ago because mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for those lessons yet. That's like one advice I give to everybody. Just take that lesson, let it happen, but don't spend so much time trying to figure out the mystery of it all. Just know the universe is going to tell you when you're ready. Yeah. It's like rewatching a movie. If you mm-hmm. rewatch a movie you saw 10 years ago, like Avatar, James Cameron, right. it makes so much more sense now as an adult. You're like, oh, man, that's yeah. what they were talking about. So, yeah. No, I, I think like you, you hit a point because I feel um, I, I love this quote and I don't know who this was from, but, you know, of course, everyone knows it. Like um, uh, kind of going with what you just said is um, uh, when, when the student is ready, teacher is going to appear. You know, sometimes yeah, I feel like sometimes I'm, I feel like uh that's that's how it is we just kind of can watch something over and over again and and then one day we watching it after a few years and boom it hits and the same thing reading like hold on mm-hmm. how did i miss that message ah yeah and it just happens <laughs> you just yeah you weren't ready for it i rewatched all three matrix movies again and it was like there's so many little things because you're so focused on the action mm-hmm. and then you start listening to the words and you're like i don't even remember this part like Man, what if I had known, but you just weren't ready for it at that time. So yeah. all in divine timing. Yeah. Awesome. So tell me about like in terms of like when you work with men, because um, I know you work with men and women. Um, what is one of the problems? And of course, you know, the the scope of my podcast, uh, trying to debunk this whole shallowness of the word man up and boys don't cry and and the the data is is absolutely horrifying like i was it going is. through it over like over nine nine ten months preparation it's like 70 percent of all suicides are men i was like this mm-hmm. this cannot be and then i researched and i'm like no this is actually real wow same, so same in the military so um talk to you about like that like what you are doing in your space and how you're appealing to it and how men are receiving it mm-hmm. so what what i've learned definitely is that a lot of men, which I, I, I could say the term wounded masculine, mm-hmm. a lot of men have this programming that literally starts when we're young boys, for the most part. Like myself, you know, you're a boy, you can't cry. You're a boy, you have to be strong. Mm-hmm. You're a boy, you have to support your entire family. So mm-hmm. you've literally got those three standards or things that you set yourself to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, I need to go get a great job, which means I need to go to college, which means I need to find a woman and fall in love and make her love me so we can have a family. Mm-hmm. And then the pressure of like continuing your legacy, your parents are like, well, we need to have a boy, which that right. goes even further back to like old kingdom type times. You know, right. if you don't have a son, who's going to take over a female can't be king. Yeah. So I feel like this program has been ingrained for like centuries upon centuries. And a lot of the men that I work with, they're still stuck in that mindset of being like, I need to be tough. And then I always ask like, who are you being tough for? And it's like, you're being tough for someone that technically doesn't exist right now. Mm. Like, well, if I need, if I'm going to find a partner, I need to be strong enough 
And I said, cool. So, and it, when it comes to like muscles, physical strength, I said, cool. I said, what happens if someone hits you with a car? And they go, what do you mean? I was like, where does all that, that strength go? I said, what if you get like pushed over by someone that's big, like the strength goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice to be strength, strong, but be strong for yourself. Be strong knowing you could protect them, but don't think that you can't move on in your life because you're not strong. Mm-hmm. You know, don't think that because you cry, it makes you weak. Like that's another thing. A lot of males, including myself, I had trouble being vulnerable and crying in front of female partners. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I don't want her to think I'm weak. And that comes from sometimes females that I've met thinking I was weak if I cried. Right. But it was nice to finally meet more conscious women that if you cry in front of them, they're like, tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that these wounded masculine meet more conscious women that create that container because there aren't many containers for men to be men. Right. But at the same time, I have seen some containers where men get to be men, but they're not learning about the feminine side as well because the feminine side is the the intuition, the nurturing, the healing, the being gentle, the being wise, the being patient. And if you're not able to embody those together, which to me, there is no divine masculine without divine feminine. You're, you yeah. can have masculine, you can have feminine, but there's no divine until you've merged them. So I work with men to help them understand you've got to have both. Like in order for you to truly grasp the masculine man that you think you are, you have to have your feminine aspects. Mm-hmm. You have to get more in touch with yourself. So I focus on vulnerability and things like that as well. No, that's, that's, I think, one of the biggest thing. Uh, I think that's, uh, that was part of my journey. Um, and to really kind of open up and being authentic about who I am and being vulnerable, uh, because now that I'm a dad, um, I think like that kind of open helped me a little bit, uh, to open up. And then the other side, I also uh, hear stories and I know a lot of men, they just shut down after, uh, mm-hmm. having a kid or they just, uh, still feel that now I have to be the, I have to be tougher than I was yep. before. Now I cannot let you see my tears ever. Mm-hmm. And of course, then the downside of his addictions and, you know, like all sorts of uh, negative energy that surrounds you when you are not really present in your heart space. Right. So you have to start looking for suppressors. It's mm -hmm. like, what am I going to do to suppress the feeling? Yeah. And it's like at some point you can't do it anymore just on your free will. Yeah. You You start your addictions. You start drinking. You uh-huh. start going out more, maybe like there's nothing wrong with having an Xbox. Right. But I, I know some men that when they're feeling a certain type of way, instead of just being like, hey, this is the problem that's going on in our relationship, they just go play their Xbox. And it's mm-hmm. like nothing gets solved. You're just suppressing and delaying the inevitable conversation that you actually have to have. Yeah. It's just like basically a mindless distraction, right? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not harming you right now, but it's not even helping you at this point either. Xbox or Facebook or social media, however you want to say it. Like, it's just kind of, I had done that too. I was like, ah, I don't want to, I just want to take a break today and just scroll through social media and not do much and watch a movie instead of actually like spending time with myself and really asking those deep, difficult questions. So yeah, this is where temptation comes up because I've had a few clients where that temptation came up of them knowing a woman that was more like them. It was closed off and stuff like that. So they start getting tempted and they're like, well, she understands me, but it's like, what else about her? Don't you actually know yet? It's wow. like, you know that she understands you, but what's going to happen when you both close yourselves off to each other, like talking online and flirting and stuff like that and playing Xbox is cool. 
but it's a different story when you're living in the same house. Mm. You have two closed off people. You're not going to get anywhere now. So at least in that relationship you're in, your partner is willing to listen to you. You've just got to open up. No, temptation I think like, is one of the things that comes up a lot. And I think like that's one of the biggest thing, right? Like um, what happens is when you are actually feel suppressed in your head, all this social stigma that's around us, that's also kind of jeopardizing the communication, right? Because you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to feel like I'm the weakling or I'm the weak one and people stop making fun of me. And I think I agree with you completely when you said like needs to meet conscious women. That's so powerful saying that because, and not even on them, even the women, a lot of women doesn't know because that's yeah. how they are programmed too on the, on the flip side. Like, hey, this is how a man should be. And then they start craving the vulnerability and authenticity. And then you show up like, hold on a minute. Why, why are you crying? I don't need a man like that. So it's, it's both, it's, it's important. And I, I love how you kind of putting things together is saying like, you know, it's, it's, it's coming together. That's where at the end of the day is it's going to work. Yeah. I think some people feel like, cause I see a lot of posts, like I know people post certain things on social media mm. and it's like, wait till, wait till this man meets a conscious woman. It sounds cool. But at the same time, is that conscious woman also open to her masculine qualities? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you, you want to get two people that are just willing to both go on that journey. It doesn't have to be like, I'm not going to date a woman unless she's conscious. Right. That's unfair. That's an yeah. unfair expectation. Just yeah. like a woman saying, I only want a conscious man. Yeah. It's unfair because you're putting an expectation on what you believe a conscious man is, yeah. not even knowing what it means for that man himself. So yeah, it's just two people. Uh, one of the best quotes I ever heard was a couple of years back. And I definitely tell it to everyone. And it's like, everyone's so focused on communication. But to be honest, communication is nothing. What really matters is understanding and listening. Understanding mm -hmm. means you don't accept what your partner says, but you understand why they're saying it. You're listening to them. You're being present in the moment of being like, okay, I know why they feel this way. I understand it. I don't agree, mm -hmm. but I understand. you. And that's what opens up more channels of communication. You know, you're not compromising. You're just like, my partner likes this. I don't, but they like it and I accept it. I still love them. So, Yeah. So tell me a little bit about then growing up. Uh, how like we of course we were kind of chit chatting a little bit offline before I started uh, recording this. Um, you said like you kind of also felt the same way growing up mm -hmm. as men. I did, boy. So yeah. t talk to a little bit about like how did you feel back then, and then what was the me mental fortitude that actually helped you overcome uh, what you did and what you're doing right now? I would say growing up. I was led to believe that if I couldn't, if I wasn't physically strong, emotionally strong, had a high paying job, had a great social status, that I would probably never find an amazing partner. And growing up that way, especially because you see it in high school, I literally trained so that I could make the football team just to impress women. Because in my school, if you didn't play sports, it didn't matter. That's what I thought. Mm. And that's what it looked like. Uh, so, you know, going through that in high school and then being in the military, once you're in the military, it's like, I'm strong. I need to get stronger. Women want a man in uniform. They don't want some weak person or something like that. So it's just like you go through all this. I, I would say the big shift for me was meeting someone that didn't care about any of that stuff. Like all she actually cared about was just who I was as a person mm. when we weren't out doing other stuff. It's just like, who are you when you're at home on a Saturday and you're not worried about work or anything else? Like, what do you want to do? It's like, mm -hmm. well, I want to, I want to go for a walk in nature. That's who I really was. And I think a lot of people are so ashamed on who they really are. 
I remember I remember being on Tinder when it first came out and I would ask people, it's like, what are your hobbies? And they're like, oh, I like this and this and this. And then you meet them and it's like, what's your favorite book? And they're like, I don't like books. It's like, why did you put the you like books on your profile? Mm. And it's just like, people are ashamed. If you like collecting coins, if you like collecting stamps, if you like gardening, be authentic. Say that's what you like. But we come, we live in this world where we wear all these masks mm-hmm. of who we want people to think we are. Where in reality, that's not who you are. And the person's going to find out eventually. Right. So it's like, just be yourself and find someone that will love you and accept you from the from the get-go yeah. so that was my shift is meeting people where i could be like hey i love camping if you don't like camping it's never gonna work out and that worked for me because I, I would never sacrifice camping for anything. so how hard was it for you to start making that shift oh uh, it was it was it was tough at first it was actually very tough because like i said there's there aren't a lot of containers or spaces where men can practice being vulnerable mm-hmm. because most of the people that I would date weren't conscious or open to it. They had the same mindset of, Oh, you're going to pay for everything. Yeah. Uh, I remember even dating someone and she's like, I'm old fashioned. I said, what do you mean? She's like, I'm old fashioned. The guy pays for everything. You know, mm-hmm. if we were to get married, you would obviously take care of all this stuff. And I said, cool. I said, a hundred percent old fashioned. She said, yeah. I said, so I'll be working and you'll be staying at home with the kids. Right. And she's like, no, I'm going to work. I said, no 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 it doesn't work that way when it comes to old-fashioned you don't get to pick and choose what you want to keep i was like you're not old-fashioned you just want a man to do everything there's a big difference between yeah so again it was meeting partners that just were open to doing things because you get people that are like i see posts oh if the man is okay with you splitting the bill then leave his ass and i'm just kind of like why would you say that like Mm -hmm. if a woman offers to pay for her side of the thing i'm not going to tell you no there's i respect you for wanting that's your choice i'm not going to force you to do anything if yeah. I want to pay for it all, pay for it all. But I do it because I want to, not because I feel obligated. So I think like, yeah, no, that's 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 a very good point that you brought up. Um, and I had a few uh, previous relationships like that too. It's like, yeah, I want to, I grew up watching my dad take care of everything. Mm-hmm. And then the moment you flip this story, I'm like, okay, but then your mom uh, stayed, did your mom stay home and do that? Yep. Okay. So that's what you want from the relationship. Yep. Okay. Then uh, you're going to stay home? Nope. And hold on a minute. Same thing, what yeah. you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a as and when basis. And mm-hmm. it's, it's supporting the cause or supporting the uh, needs of a person. And as men, I think, as you said, a lot of us get caught up into that. Like, oh yeah, this is, we start second guessing ourselves. And especially mm-hmm. the ones, uh, majority of us. And of course now people are much more aware. And that's the whole point we are talking today too, is like raise more awareness to this. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to feel guilty about it. You don't have to feel shame about it. If a woman mm-hmm. uh, wants to pay for her, her share, I mean, hey, I mean, absolutely, right? Because that's that's the choice. We don't have yeah. to feel guilt or shame behind a certain topic where uh, they would be like, oh, this is how we are expected to behave yeah. in society. Um, and then, the, as you said, like the other side is like, oh, I mean, if they don't do this, then they're bad. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like getting that knowledge on both sides and having the awareness of it for men to do that. So... One of the one of the yeah, one of the things that I always question people when they male or female or whoever the client is, is mm-hmm. when they bring up something about well the males should do this or the females should do this I'm like cool I'm like so uh what's your longest relationship and they'll be like oh three years I said cool <laughs> and I was like are you guys still together they're like no I said what happened and I'll say so the way you're doing things now how many relationships have you been in in like the last couple of years they'll be like four and I'm like cool do you think that maybe you might want to change something and they're like no 
it needs to be this way. And I want people to see like, maybe the way you've been thinking isn't mm -hmm. working out for a reason. So it's like, if you want a healthy relationship, you're going to have to maybe shift some yeah. of your mindsets in order to find more harmony. Uh, a lot of people focus on balance. Everyone's like the male does this, so the female does this, so they're trying to balance stuff. And I'm like, it's not about balancing on the left and the right side. It's about harmony and like mm -hmm. aligning with each other and just being able to shift like this instead of like trying to balance on the sides. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. It's, it's just not about the balance, it's the alignment. Uh, your, most of your clients, of course, um, as I said, like uh, you just don't coach men, you coach women. Um, what is your uh, number one takeaway when you talk to women um, that my listeners, men, they can benefit from to understand like how they can work on themselves mm -hmm. and what are the, what are the, um, I, I guess wants and needs a woman crave. Honestly, for most of, cause most of my clients are actually goddesses. They're females. Mm -hmm. Um, and most of the men that I've worked with, I, I tell every man be vulnerable. Like if you cry in front of your partner yeah. and she thinks you're weak, then just let her go. To yeah. be honest, if she thinks it's weak for you to cry, let her go. Because you're you're never gonna meet her need. Right. Like it's just never gonna work out. She's she's probably not gonna be like, oh my god, why did I feel? I mean, sometimes it can happen. But be vulnerable. Whatever is on your mind, say it. But just learn to say it with tact. You know, mm -hmm. try to be tactful when you say it. Don't be an ass about everything you say. But it's just vulnerability. I think so many men are afraid to be vulnerable because they're afraid of the argument. That's another thing most men are hiding. Most men are like, I don't want to say it because then it's going to start an argument. And mm. it's like an argument. It doesn't have to be an argument. It can be a discussion. But if your partner gets mad every time you speak up, let that partner go. There's no point in being in a relationship where you actually can't communicate the stuff that's on your mind. If you guys are always clashing every time you talk about something, you guys either need to go see a counselor or a coach or just go your separate ways, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand the point of a relationship where you guys can't be honest with each other. And in most relationships I've seen, especially when I work with couples, is they're not honest with each other. And they've been, mm -hmm. they haven't been honest with each other for years. Yeah. They've never spoken their truths. And then they find out they're not even, they're two different people. This is why it doesn't work out. You're two different people, but they end up having kids and now they, they stay together for the sake of the children. So it's like going into a relationship, just be honest with each other from the beginning. That way you don't have to worry about this stuff later on, but understand that you're going to grow. As you guys start dating, you might still grow apart. Your partner might become super, super spiritual and you might not be as spiritual and you grow apart, but at least you both knew you were authentic with each other. And that way it's a lot easier to let go, I believe, of the person if you're both authentic, where you can have an adult conversation and say, hey, my life is taking me down the path of being a life coach, getting my degree in Reiki, and you're not on that type of path. And I respect you because you want to focus on your work and your entrepreneurship. And it's like, I wish you the best. And then you're both able to split knowing that you're both happier now. There's no, mm -hmm. there's no problems or troubles and stuff. So I would say vulnerability and authenticity from the beginning of every single relationship you have makes everything so much easier. No, I think, I think that's, that's an absolute, absolute must. And yes. And <clears throat> then my next question to you, uh, Kadara is, um, what's the first step, um, someone can take to start really uh, recognizing these patterns and, um, what would be your suggestions? I make all of my clients do one exercise that I had to do a couple years back. Uh, you'll set your you'll set your phone up so that it's in selfie mode, landscape mode, on a tripod or something, and you record. You let it record for five minutes, and you're looking at yourself, not at the lens. Look at yourself. Look at the reflection of yourself for five minutes and record it, and then rewatch that video, and start seeing how much you judge yourself, and see how you truly feel about seeing yourself. 
you can't have a healthy conversation with someone else if you haven't had the conversations with yourself. Find out why you're unable to be vulnerable. Find out why you're unable to open up to people. For the most part, most there's usually two reasons. One, it has to do with love, or two, it has something to do with status. If you're having trouble opening up, it's probably traced back all the way to something that happened in your childhood, where your father probably wasn't that way, or your mother wasn't that way, or you're unable to do it because of people pleasing your status. You want people to love you and know you. Mm. You want to be seen a certain way. But again, you can't have those conversations until you find out deep within. So I tell them, go look in, go look at your phone for five minutes, record, stare at yourself in the thing. And watch what you see after the five minutes when you replay that video. Because the first time I did it, I was crying at like two and a half minutes. And I didn't even know why I was crying. Mm. No idea why I was crying. And then when I rewatched it, I was like, I was crying because I've never actually looked at myself. Like, we have all these expectations of other people. I want a woman that's beautiful and curvy and has like a great body and does yoga and has a great job. But it's like, I don't even know who I am. Like, how am I going to expect someone else? So. Truly get to know yourself. Uh, And then once you get to know yourself and you figure out why you're unable to be vulnerable, it's like lean into it. If you're not vulnerable because of your dad, like think about that. How old are you? You're 27? Are you going to blame your dad forever why you can't be vulnerable with people? Like at what point are you actually going to start accepting responsibility for yourself? And I think that's where most people struggle as well. They're not willing to take responsibility for Mm -hmm. who they are. Yes, your parents, your education, your peers, church and society programmed you at certain phases of your life but at some point you have to decide you don't want it anymore and i'll get people that are be like but it's so hard i'm like it's super easy i'm like if this jar was spoiled milk and you can see that there was green mold inside of it and i offered it to you are you going to drink it they're like no i said why and they're like because it's disgusting and toxic and i said wouldn't you say the way you're right now is kind of toxic and they're like yeah i was like so if you wouldn't drink this why wouldn't you change your mindset And people are like, ah, I said, yeah, you knew you didn't want this milk right away because why? And they're like, because it'll make me sick. I said, a toxic mindset makes you sick. So Mm -hmm. why don't you want to shift your mindset? And then that puts people in there like, oh my God, you're right. Why am I holding on to this? It's like, how long do you want to blame your dad? How long do you want to blame your mom? You got to take responsibility if you want to make the change. It's a comfort zone. Like you, you, you kind of like it. That means you don't have to do that extra work. Mm -hmm. It's your ego. It's an ego. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like that's the majority of it. The fight is um, we are so much in there. It's like uh, in our ego and in our mindset. It's like I rather do the easiest. Like okay, if it's a spoiled milk, I'm not gonna <laughs> drink it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when it comes to me, ah, that's a lot of work. Uh, yeah, not yeah. true. It's uh, yeah. like fear. Fear is like our ego's natural defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Like the moment we we feel fear, that's literally the ego saying, Mm-mm, "Not nope, Mm-mm, not doing it. It, it yeah. doesn't resonate with me." And then you start tying it to other stuff. People are like, nah, that doesn't resonate. That's not spiritually aligned. That's BS. <laughs> like that's literally your ego being like, "I don't want to do that." Cause I don't know what's going to happen. And if you, if you lean in and you feel that, then you're just not going to be able to break free of those chains or mindset. Yeah. But if you really lean into it and you're like, actually ego, why do you feel that way? Like, why are, are we afraid to be vulnerable? And it's like, dig deeper. Oh, because of this, dig deeper. Oh, because of my ex-girlfriend, dig deeper. Actually, it's because of my dad, dig deeper. Actually, it's because of my mom when I was four years old. Bam. All right, we're deep. Let's, let's work from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like gardening. I tell everyone, everyone's just pl- pulling the weeds, but they're not pulling the roots. If you want to move forward in your life, you actually have to be willing to go and dig up the root mm-hmm. as hard as it can be. But it's a process. Like, 
You're not going to solve all these problems overnight. This is stuff where you have to like commit and invest in yourself long-term, which is why I like being a coach because I can hold that container for people to commit to themselves and I can hold you accountable. It's like, you told me on Monday, you were going to take care of this. So what's up? What's coming up? Oh, you know, I was busy at work. And I said, cool. So you, you don't want to solve these problems. And they're like, no, I do. And I'm like, all right, what did you do yesterday? I was watching. Yeah, you watched Netflix for two hours. Awesome. Good. And it's getting people to realize like we make so many excuses. Mm-hmm. Our ego is like, no, we'll watch two hours of Netflix and then we'll work on your childhood stuff. Don't right. Worry. Yeah. After this episode, I promise. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, um, I mean, I, I've been guilty of that. I mean, several times, like I know for a fact, like I know, I knew for a fact, like, Oh, I gotta get, get, get to that thing. I'm like, no, let me, let me wash the dishes first. Okay. Let me take the dogs out. And I'm like, damn, Oh, maybe tomorrow. So yeah, it's, it's a weird thing that it comes up and uh, the things that I feel like are the hardest to do or we try to avoid. And that's the trigger. That's the, that's the idea that, yep, you need to do it more. (laughs) it gets you it gets you the most when it's almost like the spongebob effect when it's like three years later because what you realize is you're like which is one of the first things i ask people in the discovery call how long have you wanted to move beyond this and people will be like three years and it really sits in here like man for three years i've been washing the dishes and watching netflix and walking the dogs and jumping on tinder and then when you actually do the work and you get out of it in like a month you're like what was i doing right So yeah, we make all these excuses for ourselves and tell ourselves all these stories of why you can't do it. And that's all you go. Yeah, uh, I'm loving this conversation because I think like we got, got off to a very pretty uh, deep start and I, I kind of loving like how we kind of uh, organically like talking about how the mindset is working. Let's kind of shift a little bit. Let's transition a bit. Uh, sure. What you are seeing currently, of course, with, you know, uh, this whole our new society or however you want to call it, uh, when we are watching these like, like frightful numbers when it comes to men um what comes to your mind like why aren't men realizing this when these data is out there or is it like the same thing that we want to avoid i I think we don't want to have that conversation with ourselves and then a part of your ego says yeah but those men were weak that's why they killed themselves because that's how i grew up in the army when i came into the army i believed that other people in this army that's committed suicide were weak and then once i went to iraq and afghanistan and came back from multiple combat tours I started realizing like it's a lot to take on like even me like I'm at 70% disability with the VA like mm-hmm. I've got PTSD like mother uh, and you start to realize like it, it takes a strong person to hold on to it and to try to do it on your own but it mm-hmm. takes an even stronger person to actually reach out for help and what it is mm-hmm. is most men are afraid to reach out for help because of what they think other people will think it's what they think their peers will think what they think their parents will think they think everyone's going to see them as weak but in my mind you can't be weak if you're trying to better yourself like you're not a weak man if you go see someone because they're like hey i'm having suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. the fact that you went to someone else and actually reached your arm out like hey i'm at the worst time of my life right now i really need help that's the most courageous thing you could do in your life is reach out for help to me there's nothing more courageous than reaching out for help and Mm -hmm. i and i wish more men would do it and i and i honor every person that's ever reached out to me it's been like hey i have a problem i need help that's the first thing i tell everyone on the first of all i want you to know that i congratulate you and i honor you for having the courage to reach out knowing Mm -hmm. 
knowing that you probably couldn't do this alone because you've been trying to do it alone for the last three, five, 10 years. And you've reached out to me and I'm here for you. And that as a coach allows me to now keep you in that container mm -hmm. so that you can be vulnerable because I can support you and I can talk to you as someone that's not judgmental because we all fear judgment. We don't want to reach yeah. out because we don't want to be judged. Yeah. And it's like, you're afraid to be judged by people you don't even know. And that's the, that's the society that's been created. Everything is being shown on social media now. People are laughing at each other for all these things. People mm -hmm. laugh at each other. You know, a, a, a male gets down on his knees to propose to a woman. She says, no, and the world laughs at him. How are we going to help men feel better about it? Men are afraid to propose now because of that. Yeah. You're afraid to tell someone you love them because you're afraid to get rejected, one by her. And what, what else? Well, you're not going to tell your boys. You probably never tell them you propose. You'd be like, oh, it just didn't work out. Just be having the courage to reach out, having the courage to like own and take accountability for all the stuff that you're doing and just not letting society dictate who you are. Uh, to me, that's the way to go. No, I, I absolutely uh, concur that too, because uh, one of the, one of my favorite quote, even, even for me, um, when I was on the completely on, on the other side of who I am right now and it's it's a journey it's still there and it's gonna it's never ending um and when I reached out to some of my friends and uh, when I needed help all I got is like oh come on let's go grab a beer man man up right and that's just it's just there and and then when what happens is every time you hear that there's it's stacking up like okay 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 and it's it's that until that time once you actually find someone and that's when it opens up now of course mm -hmm. sadly for a lot of men they give up and that's exactly the point doesn't mean they're weak means they were not supported they didn't feel supported and one of the thing that quote that i learned or heard from les brown it was so profound a year ago and i still remember that like uh, reach out not because you're weak because you want to stay strong it's a, it just blew my mind just blew my mind and that's exactly what you're saying that people who finally actually has the clarity in their mindset that okay i cannot do this by myself mm -hmm. i need to find a coach or i need to find the accountability group or whatever and so that i can i don't do some stupid stuff basically mm -hmm. So that's probably, as you're saying too, is 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 the way to go. Um, it's piggybacking on that same conversation. Um, my then my question is, what would you, what would be your take on on the on the people who faces these rejections in the initial level, and what would be your ideal uh, conversation with them within their own selves when they realize, like, okay, I need to make them realize, okay, I need to go get help versus, oh, no one's really listening to me and I'm going to have to end my life or I have to. Well, yeah. So that, that definitely happened for me. Uh, I had so much pride about being a soldier that mm. I actually never reached out to the VA, even though it was free. Uh, I had so much pride because I didn't want to be my, I, um, everyone's holding on to their story. Our story pretty much defines who we are. That's what we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. You're like all the stuff that I've been through in my life, the stuff my dad did, the stuff my mom did, everything I've ever done has made me me. And we hold on to that story. And the ego doesn't let us let it go because then we won't know who we are. But it's like not knowing who you are is the most beautiful thing in the world mm -hmm. because you don't know who you can become. It's like there's infinite possibilities. Oh, love who it. You can become. Love it. Like yeah. Now, you let go. Now that you let go of that story, it's like, look at all the books on the bookshelf that you could be writing right now. You could literally be anybody. Mm -hmm. You just have to be willing to let go of that story. And again, I think a lot of people, again, they have that rejection. I would say it's conformity. I saw this amazing video once where there's like people sitting in a hospital, everyone grabs a number and the first person that comes in doesn't know what's going on. So they they ring a bell and everyone stands up except for her and she sits down and they keep calling numbers every time they ring the bell. So she starts to conform 
and say, oh, I have to stand up when they ring it. So they ring the bell and she said, and they start bringing new people in until they finally shifted and had a whole new set of people. So now every time the bells ring, everyone's standing up. And the last person they bring in doesn't stand up. And they wanted to show you how quickly we conform. Nobody said you have to stand up in order to get your number called, but that's what we observed. Society treats us and taught us that I have to conform in order to get this. So as a male, when you said before, hey, bro, you need to get over? Oh, cool, let's go drink. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's not healthy. But what happens yeah. is when one of your friends comes to you now, you go, oh, you having trouble? Bro, let's go drink. So we mm-hmm. create these cycles and these chains amongst our peers in society. And it's hard to break them if everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. So you know that you might want to reach out for help when you know it just doesn't resonate with you. Like if a part of you feels like, you know what, this isn't really healthy. What I'm doing doesn't work. At that point, reach out. Because there are people that will help you. You've actually just got to go find them. And they're probably not going to always be in your crowd of friends or the toxic environment you're probably in. Uh, And I think that's where it comes to, too. It's like, who can I trust? Um, Who's not going to deal my money? Who's not going to judge me and stuff like that? So I Mm -hmm. will say it is a bit hard for some people to find a good coach or a good therapist or someone to go out and find. But they're out there. Mm -hmm. You just have to be willing to invest in yourself and put in that work of finding someone that resonates with you. Talk. I love it. Love it. So again, uh, I think, I think this is, this is exactly where I want to stop because I think that's the last main message I want people to take is how you just said it. Like, you know, just reach out because sometimes it cannot, it might not be in our current environment and current uh, family and friends because mm-hmm. what going back to your thing again, like we might have to now shift a complete mindset. Mm-hmm. So you have to get out of that first to see who can be that person that you need to reach out. Maybe coach, maybe therapist, maybe another friend mm-hmm. uh, that have done the work. So, so before I end, Kadura, I have, I do two things. I actually have a surprise guest for all my surprise question for all my guests. And then of course, um, based on the theme of the episode, I, uh, I'm an avid reader. So I actually read a quick paragraph to end the conversation. So are you ready for your surprise question? Ready. Okay. What would would you describe your mission as multidimensional coach uh, in one sentence? My mission? My mission is to experience as much as I can in order to convert those experiences into ways that can help other people because I know that everything the universe challenges me with mm. is for a purpose so much greater than myself. Wow, love it. You're just kind of taking your experience and yeah, using that to serve others. Wow, awesome. Okay. Um, and then today's paragraph is from, it's one of my favorite book actually by Michael Singer, The Untethered Soul, The Journey Beyond Yourself. Um, So this is how I'm going to finish today's episode, which is very much in tune with what we just talked about. Um, The psyche is built upon avoiding pain. And as a result, it has fear of pain as its foundation. That is what caused the psyche to be. To understand this, notice that if the feeling of rejection is a major problem for you, you will fear experiences that cause rejection. That fear will become part of your psyche. Even though the actual events causing rejection are infrequent or in the past, you will have to deal with the fear of rejection all the time. That is how we create a pain that is always there. If you are doing something to avoid pain, then pain is running your life. All of your thoughts and feelings will be affected by your fears. That's yeah, beautiful. I, I, love, I love it based on what yeah. we just talked about today. I, I love that quote because they highlighted something that's really important in society that we all take everything so personal. Someone, we take someone's rejection towards us so personal, not even understanding why they're rejecting us. They might be rejecting us because they know deep down inside this doesn't resonate for them. It's not something that would make them happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like, oh, there's something wrong with me. What's yeah. wrong with There's nothing wrong with you. 
yeah. start to understand that you've also rejected people because mm-hmm. you didn't like them or there was something about them that didn't resonate. So we're all hypocrites, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think so, in a way, right? <laughs> and the best we can do is just trying to really work and be aware of it, be mindful about it. So, but Kadura, thank you so much for coming no, to my show so for another well. episode. Uh, this has been, been awesome. an amazing discussion. Thank you for all the work you're doing. I had been following on social media. Keep that up. Keep helping people. I think people, Always. the world needs people like you nowadays more and more. So thank you. No worries. Thank you, brother. Yep. Okay. So here's the end of another episode of Dads and Deadlifts. And hopefully you guys learned a lot uh, regarding um, what we talked about today and took some nuggets home with you and understand that there are, there are people who went situations what you guys are going through or might be going through. So feel free to reach out. That's the whole point. Uh, for you before you go down the path of uh, no return. So again, thank you for listening to another episode. Until next episode, your host, Tarish, signing off. Thanks for listening to another episode of Dads and Deadlifts. And I hope you are as excited as I am learning from our guest today on the specific topic. Please subscribe, share, and leave a comment and tag Dads and Deadlifts on Instagram and Facebook with your experience of today's episode. Because remember, your one share might save someone from feeling alone and provide them the tools they can incorporate in their daily lives. Let's each of us do our part in helping men around the world. You can personally message me on my Facebook page or Instagram page, Dads and Deadlifts, if you want your story to be shared on the podcast or if you just feel alone and want someone to reach out to. Always remember, you are not alone. All you got to do is reach out. And I am rooting for you. Until next week, your host, Rish, signing off. I will see you next week with another brand new episode. 